Word is alive. Please turn in your word to Psalm 119. That song helps us focus, helps us remember that it is God's word that is living and breathing and active. It is alive. As you're turning there, we're continuing in our second part of this sermon series on Psalm 119. If you weren't able to join us last week, we're going to be moving through this huge psalm throughout the entire summer. And so if you'd like to uh, catch up and, and, and follow along in this psalm, we have, a, we have a church app. It's a great way to access sermons, other information about our church. You can uh, look on the front page of the bulletin to figure out how to access that. And we would just encourage you and invite you to do that. As you're also turning there, again, on page 512, you could find this passage. Uh, definitely invite everyone to look along so you can kind of see what's going on here with Psalm 119. And I do want to extend Happy Mother's Day to mothers as well. Psalm 119, we're in the second stanza, verses 9 through 16. This is God's holy word to us this morning. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Amen. The grass withers and the flowers fade. The word of our Lord stands forever. Let's pray and ask him to add his blessings to it. Oh God, the Spirit, would you come and illuminate our minds? Help us to see the word that is alive, the word of truth. And Lord, help us to see it and to apply it to our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In John Bunyan's classic work, The Pilgrim's Progress, the pilgrim in the story, whose name is Christian, is on a journey to the celestial city. And on this journey, he encounters many men, many helpers along the way. And early on in his journey, he comes across a man named Goodwill, who helps him. Let me read here briefly from the story. Goodwill replies to Christian, Therefore, good Christian, come a little way with me, and I will teach you the way you must go. Look in front of you. Do you see the narrow way? That is the way you must go. It was constructed by the patriarchs, prophets, Christ, and his apostles. And it is straight as a ruler can make it. This is the way you must go. But, said Christian, are there any turns or twists by which a stranger may lose his way? Goodwill replies, 
Yes, there are many adjacent to this one. And they are crooked and, and wide. But you could distinguish the right way from the wrong way because the right way is straight and narrow. This scene in Pilgrim's Progress illustrates for us the Christian life. The Christian life is much like the walk along a way. The path that is set before us as Christians. There is a set path and the scriptures say that it is straight and narrow. And this path has been laid before us. It's been paved for us by the writings of the patriarchs and the prophets that we call the Old Testament. It has also been further laid and set and founded in stone by the teachings of Jesus and his apostles that we call the New Testament. It is indeed the Word of God, the Bible, the Holy Scriptures that show us the way in which we must go. And so the question that is started for us in verse 9 here in the second stanza of Psalm 119 is this. How do we stay on the way? How do we stay on this straight and narrow path? In many of your translations, it may say, how can a young man keep his way pure? Question mark. Uh, we don't exactly know that that is where the question mark would be in the original he Hebrew language, but I want to propose to you that I think that question mark actually better fits the context at the end of verse 9. And so it would say, rather, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. In other words, how do you do it? How do you stay on the way by employing the resources of the Word of God to help you? So it would rather, I think, better fit, and this is going to be the question, how can a young man keep his way pure? By, by guarding it according to your Word. How do we do it? This stanza has been called by many as the young man's psalm because it is addressed to a young man here. And there's good and wise words here to the young. I'm thinking of you graduates. Life is before you. There are many challenges facing you. And it is in our, in our youth that we prepare for these challenges, that we prepare for life that is ahead of us, that we move on to maturity in Christ. Similar counsel is given by the Proverbs in chapter 4. It is also addressed to a young man in his youth. When he says, let your eyes look straight before you, your, your gaze straight ahead of you, ponder the path of your feet, and all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil, the proverb says. These are great words of wisdom to the youth, but of course, this wisdom is not just for the young. Many of us think that we're all still young. But it's for all of us. Because as we read earlier in our scripture reading in 2 Timothy 3, 16, all scripture is God-breathed. It is profitable. It is useful. All of it is for us. All of it applies to us. This is a word for all of us, as all the scripture is. So this, the question remains for us here in verse 9. How do we do it? How do we stay on the way, not swerving to the right or to the left, 
keeping God's word straight in front of us. How do we do it? The psalmist here offers five disciplines or five resolutions to help us stay on the way, to help us keep the word of God before us. So here are the five. The first is by being all in on the word of God. Second, by memorizing the word of God. Third, by learning the word of God. Fourth, by singing the word of God. And fifth, by meditating on the word of God. So let's work our way through this stanza and see these disciplines, see these resolutions, see these very practical ways that we can keep the word of God in front of us. The first is we stay on the way by being all in on the word of God. Look at verse 10. Psalmist says, with my whole heart. This is to remind us the way in which we are to love God according to the words of Jesus. What he said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart. And with all your soul and with all our minds. And so in order to stay on the way, in order to seek the Lord, we need to be all in. Not halfway in, not one foot in and one foot out. Not some of the time are we to be serious about the Christian life. Not just on Sundays, but always. Always we are to be on the way, loving the Lord our God with our whole hearts. The ancient Puritan William Plummer said this, If we would make the word of God truly profitable to us, we must take fast hold of it with our hearts. Lightly to esteem it is to despise heavenly wisdom. And what the psalmist is saying here, we've got to be all in. With our whole heart, we need to highly esteem the word of God and live by it. Let it direct our ways because to lightly esteem it to just kind of like it halfway, to just kind of sort of like it, is to reject the wisdom from heaven. If we want to know God, if we want to stay on the way, we have to be all in on knowing his word. John Calvin said it this way, the greater our delight in his statutes, the greater will be our benefit. For the path to a good life begins with God wooing us by his word's sweetness. Love for his truth being the antidote to the corruption of our minds. We need to follow the word of God with our whole heart, Psalmist says. That's the first thing, being all in. Secondly, we stay on the way by memorizing the word of God. Look there in verse 11, a verse that may be and should be familiar to a lot of you. I have stored up your word in my heart. Some translations say I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And then verse 16, he says essentially the same thing. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Why does he say this? Why does he say I will not forget your word? Because the truth is, We forget. We're forgetful forgetful people. 
it's sometimes discouraging to a pastor to spend a lot of time preaching and preparing sermons and the people to say, what, now what did you preach on last week? You know, I, I know, we, we forget. We all forget things. So how do, we, how do we get to the place of remembering? How do, we, how do we hide God's word in our heart? Well, what better way to squelch our forgetfulness than by memorizing the word of God? The psalmist describes this spiritual discipline in a very unique way. He calls it storing up, hiding God's word in our hearts. Because it's more than just memorizing facts. It's more than just knowing the content. It's taking the word of God in so deeply that it becomes a part of who you are. It affects the way you talk. It affects the way you live. It affects the way you act. It affects the decisions that you make. I can attest that no other spiritual discipline has been as important and most in fact impactful in my life than scripture memory. And we try to emphasize that a lot at home. We try to emphasize that a lot with our, our children here at Cornerstone because those minds really are sponges. Because when you get to be a little older and wiser, those, our minds are real hard <laughs> memorizing things. But what a joy from our youth to have those words of God hidden in our heart. Because we may all one day lose our possessions. We may lose many things that are precious to us. Our bodies will grow old and feeble. But the word of God lives forever. It is a precious treasure that will never fade, spoil, or pass away. Richard, uh, David Dixon says this, he says, Spiritual joy and spiritual objects far exceed any joy in worldly possessions. That's how good God's Word is. God's Word is a treasure worth laying up. And there is no laying it up safe, but in our hearts, Matthew Henry says. That's where we must store it. In our hearts, in the core of our beings. The spiritual discipline is, is so vital because when the world and the flesh and the devil allures us with sin, we can hold up the word of God as our great treasure and reject the sin of the world because of its worthlessness. We have it hidden in our hearts. What an important discipline what an important thing that we must do. Hide God's, God's word in our heart. May I just challenge you, if this has never been something that you've done, start with verse 11. Go home around the lunch table with your family and, and memorize it. Let's, let's work on this together. Let's hide God's word in our heart. The third thing the psalmist gives us here in verse 12 to stay on the way by learning the word of God. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. The psalmist asked to be taught. He says, Lord, teach me. Instruct me. Help me to learn your word. This is where the local church plays such an invital, a vital role in our walk 
along the way. We need to be taught. We need to learn the ways of God. And so we have things like vacation Bible school to help our children. We have Sunday school right after this to help us learn, to help us grow, to help us know the Word of God. We need to be taught. My prayer is that at Cornerstone, everything we do, going forward, everything we do is going to be designed to help you and your children learn and grow through the Word of God. And I think it's a, a, a vital lesson for all of us. May we always be learning and growing and studying the Word of God so that we may bless the Lord, the psalmist says. Fourthly, verse 13, the psalmist tells us that we may stay on the way by singing or speaking the word of God. Look at verse 13, with my lips or my mouth, I declare all the rules of your mouth. Saints have long drawn strength in the Christian life by declaring, speaking the rules the ways, the testimonies of God through words with our mouths. And there are two important ways that we employ this instruction in the church. One of the things that we do that is very intentional and designed in our worship services that you see there in your bulletins is that we responsively read professions or confessions of faith. We have responsive readings from the Word of God. This is all in keeping with this practice of declaring the praises of God, His Word, with our mouths, with our lips. So we want to be very deliberate in doing this so that we can say out loud with our, with our own words the truth of God and His Word. Another way we do this is through singing. Singing is very important. Music is very important in the church, and it's very, very important to many of you. Thank you, music team, for leading us so well. That was beautiful and worshipful. To help us declare the praises of God, because this is why God gave it. And some of us say, you know, I'm not a very good singer, so I'm just going to listen to everybody else, or I'm going to mouth it. Well, I've got news for you. You're going to be singing in heaven. And it won't be against your will. It'll be, you will be compelled to by the glory and the grace and the beauty of God. Singing helps us to declare the praises of God, to know His words, to guide us along the way in the Christian life. And of course, this is biblical. Paul says in Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Music, reading the scriptures, they help us. Saying it out loud, this helps us along the way. This is important. And the fifth thing that the psalmist gives us here to help us stay on the way is meditating on the word of God. Look in verse 15. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. One of the key reasons to memorize Scripture and to learn and to sing the Scriptures is for meditation. 
my friends, there's, there's, there, meditation is, is taking the, the truths of Scripture and, and thinking on them d- deeply. And so uh, th- there's so much more to gain from God's Word if we stop and, and ponder them and, and think about them and, and pray over them and, and ask the Lord to show us the truths and apply them to our lives. Because the Word is alive. It is living and active. The Bible promises that it will work its way down into our, our soul and bear fruit. But to do this, to think deeply about the Word of God in this way, to truly meditate with, with depth, it's going to take a lot of effort. And it's going to be extremely difficult to do the the reason being is that there are there are three forces that are always working against you. You're already down by three points, trying to find the the, the time and the energy and the effort to meditate on the Word of God, and 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 they would do that. These forces would love for for nothing more than us to be so busy and so tired and so distracted that we wouldn't even take the time to do it. These three forces are, of course, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Our own hearts, our flesh distracts us. The world entices us and says, look at this. Isn't this shiny and pretty? Come come over here and do this thing rather than meditate on the word of God. And the devil would even say to us and accuse us, you know, you're not good enough to do that. Why are you wasting your time with So this is what I mean when I say that it's difficult. It's hard. Be very intentional to do this. We now live in a very global, fast-paced, information-overloaded society. And so to actually take the time to meditate, to think, to ponder, to reflect on God's Word is going to take a lot of effort. It's going to be a lot like exercising. You're going to have to do it because you know that it's good for you. And it's going to be really hard at first, but you want to try to find your rhythm. You want to try to find that stride, that walk to spend time with God's Word by finding time. I mean, perhaps you need to get up earlier than you ever thought was imaginable just to have some quiet time. Maybe you're going to have to find the distractions and the beeps and the noises and the lights that are distracting you. Maybe you're going to have to shut those off and put them away. You're going to have to maybe find a place, a place that is truly quiet, that is truly a place where you can meditate and think and, and, and read and listen and ponder the Word of God. It's going to take effort. The psalmist says he resolves to fix his eyes on the ways of the Lord by meditating the Word of God. For him, that is the key to do that, to to fix his ways, to fix his path on God is by his Word, meditating on it. Loving and Seeking God through His Word, by Scripture memory, by meditating, by singing. 
all of this, it's a, it's, a, it's a learning, immersive experience. And this is why you have to be all in on it. This is why it must be a daily part of our lives. But when you do this, when you spend time with the Lord daily in His Word, it becomes a part of who you are, what you do. It will lead you to do as the psalmist does in verse 12. Blessed are you, O Lord, because your word is good. But let's be honest. Let's be honest. I just gave you a list. There are things that we have to do. And I know many of us are just tired and we don't want to, we don't want to feel like there's something else we have to do. And oftentimes we don't desire to do these things. It's, it's either we don't have time or we're too tired or we don't feel like making the Bible a part of our daily lives. So how do we get to the point in our walk? How do we get to the point in our spiritual lives where the Bible is so important to us that we want to make it a part of our daily lives, that we desire to spend time with the Lord in His Word every day through reading and memorizing and meditating and learning the Word of God. How do we get to that point where it is a delight, where it is a joy that we long to do it? How do we get to the point in life where we can say with the psalmist in verse 16, I delight I will delight in your statutes. I think the old pastor William Plummer has something very, very helpful to us here. He says, All the fuel to keep the fire of devotion burning on the altar of, of the heart is the Word of God. So we have these tiki torches on our back porch to scare away the bugs and that kind of thing. You have to fill those things up with fuel for them to work. Otherwise, they just smolder. They don't produce what we want to do. So what's the fuel that we're going to have to pour into our lives, into our hearts to keep the flame, keep the passion, keep the delight, the joy, the, the want to going in our spiritual lives. It's none other than the Word of God. It is the fuel. So how do, we, how do we delight in the Word? How do we get to the point where it is our joy? We, we do it. We spend time in it. All the fuel to keep the fire of devotion burning on the altar of our heart is the Word of God. And so, my friends, may the Word fuel your lives. The Word is also before us in one more way this morning. A tangible way through the table of the Lord. It, it, it preaches. It speaks to us. It's another way that God feeds us and that He fuels us. Holy Communion is the Word tangible before us. And so come. Come and delight 
in what Jesus has done for us in the gospel. The word of God speak. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we, we want to agree and we want to be like the psalmist here. We want our eyes to be fixed straight ahead. We do not want to swerve to the right or the left. We, we desire to delight in your word, in your statutes, in your precepts, in your testimonies, in your commandments. And so, Lord, feed us through the, through the preaching, through the singing, through the prayers, through the, through the table. Father, we pray you would kindle that fire in our hearts we would be able to say and agree with the psalmist, we delight in your word. Because, Lord, we delight in you and what you have done for us through Jesus. For it is in his name that we pray. Amen.